0: She's passionate about the truth of God's Word, and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith.
1: Girl Autumn Miles, how are you guys? I love you so much. Thank you for listening along. It's gonna be a great day. A great day. We have an awesome question at the end of the day. I hope you stay tuned. And if you have to like hop out and you know, get gas or whatever, if you're in your car. Hop back in and turn us back on so we can you can make sure you get to that question, which will be at the end of the show. I I've gotten so much feedback from the the series when the new makes you nervous. And I just want to say thank you so much for it. We're going to do a couple more of those series. This year, we will be doing a series on how do you hear from God, hearing the voice of God very soon. So clearly, check back with us and we will, you know, we'll all learn together. Let's all just learn together, okay? We're just going to learn together. What's happening in my life? Well, I always have to stop and think about this because there is a lot happening in my life. And us ministry people, we call it the ministry hangover, okay? After you do a night of ministry, normally the next day you're like, you know, you've got so excited and the next day you're just kind of dragging a little bit. I know my dad's a pastor and every Monday morning he takes, he takes Monday morning off because Sunday is just so hard. We call it the ministry hangover. You know, I've got one of those ministry hangovers today. We did an awesome, we did an awesome night of ministry last night. It was so, so powerful, but I'm going to let you know Something that has come to my attention that I'm not doing well. Guys, you guys, you guys ready for this? Everyone listen. The other day, I was, you know, minding my own business and sent my daughter a text message. Now, I have recently learned voice texting. Now, not that it hasn't been there for 20 years, but I have recently learned that you can text with your voice and before, like, I guess a year or two ago, I mean, I don't know, Cassie, help me out. Are you even listening over there? A year or two ago, it wouldn't register precisely what you said. Like, voice texting has come a long way, right? Like, you would say, banana, and it would be like, bring me home, you know, bacon. And it's like, no, I didn't say that. So then you would have to erase. And then you would have to retype out banana, right? Okay, so voice texting has come a long way. I didn't know this until a couple of months ago. I have 40,000 irons in the fire, okay? I'm constantly doing whatever. I have found that voice texting is much easier and more efficient for my life than sitting down and trying to construct a text message with my thumbs, okay? Wait, do you text with your thumbs? Yes, you do. (laughs) I don't even see I don't even know anymore I just voice text all the time so I'm my daughter is coming back from a date with her boyfriend and I I send her a text message and a voice text message and I say please have your boyfriend come in I want to ask him a question and that's all it says voice texting to me doesn't give you a like a period at the end of the sentence or something it just is just it's flat it's just here it is okay I send a little voice text whatever they come in and they're looking at me and Grace like is like, why as a ghost? She is like, yes, mom, you wanted to see us? And I was like, yeah, I wanted to invite him to your brother's birthday party. <laughs> and she's like, I'm having an anxiety attack because your text was so flat. And I'm like, I just started voice texting. Well, little Miss Cassie chimed in as well. And she's like, you send me these text messages and they're flat. And they're, they literally, they are... Totally reading these in like the worst voice that they possibly could that I would say. Like Grace thought I was like, have him come in. When actually I was saying, have him come in. That's the tone in which I was sending that voice text. So we did that and we had a lot of conversation and, um, you know, they both agreed that the voice texts are terrifying. So I don't know why, but I think I'm going to switch back to my thumbs, which actually I didn't because it's so much easier to voice text so even when I said oh yeah okay I'll send you ones when I'm typing out I still didn't do it yesterday did I Cassie sorry sorry about it probably not gonna do it but in my heart I want to they're like send an emoji and I'm like I don't think you can voice text an emoji can you okay Cassie says you can we're just gonna go with that anyway I'll try to do that next time anyway That's what's happening in my life. Apparently, I need to not voice text ever again. And, you know, just so you know, people are going to assume the absolute worst about every voice text that you send. That's what's happening in my life. I'll see you guys after the break for something from God's word.
0: We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel,
2: Rahab, or Eve than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of his reach to use and redeem all things for his purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab, the biblical harlot, and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse, and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get your copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the books tab. That's autumnmiles.com.
0: And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles.
1: Okay, guys, we're back. I have just a real special little word for you guys today. This is not going to be like a three-point intense Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, you know, get out your commentary sermon. This is going to be just a thought for you. And I actually do have a three-point Aramaic Greek, Hebrew thing. But I also think sometimes simplicity is really beautiful when it comes to the Word of God. My husband and I are attending a church. He's actually on staff at a church here in um, Dallas. And I have really been enjoying the worship, okay? I always love worship. I am like a worship like junkie. Like I love me some worship. I love it all. I love the Maverick City. I love the Elevation. I love the hymns. I have hymns that are in my house where you can, and they're like blown up huge. I have three of them. I have Blessed Assurance. I have in the garden, because in the garden is my favorite hymn. And I think it's it as well as the other one that I have in my home. I love worship. There's something about it. I think, you know, maybe when I get to heaven, God will put me in the angel choir or what, how I, with the seraphim, and I'll be singing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty up there with them. But there's something beautiful that happens in worship. It's unexplainable. It's supernatural. Clearly, the Bible talks a lot about worship, and I want to talk a little bit about that today. But a couple weeks ago, we were standing and worshiping had a worship night at our church, which, which is just so incredible. I love those worship nights. By the way, worship leaders out there, we love you. Thank you. I know that you, you know, fight the enemy before you get up on a stage and lead anyone into worship. And, and I just really appreciate you guys leading us to the throne room of heaven, literally. But a couple of weeks ago, we were at a worship night at our church and our whole family goes, uh, everybody, everybody goes. And, you know, I'm standing there in worship and I had had something just that had been on my mind forever, 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 forever. And I hadn't really uh, talked to anybody about it. I'm just kind of one of those people that I'll let you know me to a point, (laughs) but then there's a point where I'm not going to let you in unless I like, no, unless like, you know, you're my husband or a very, very trusted friend. And, and that's just, that's, that is, that is how my life has been constructed just being in in the public eye a lot and stuff like that i just um i protect certain things and i think we all should boundaries are a good thing they are not a bad thing but this is one thing I probably should have told somebody. <laughs> I was standing there in worship and the Lord was speaking to me super, super loud by just what the worship leader was saying. It almost, it was like, you know, those people here, you're like, oh, you're just reading my mail. I feel like we get those comments a lot on social. You're just reading my mail. I know you know exactly what I'm thinking, and no, actually, I know nothing about what you're thinking, but God does, and I know Jesus, and so do you. And when, when our holy spirits collide, beautiful things happen. So that's what was happening that night at that worship night. The worship leader said something, and the song came on, and I'm telling you what it was—a breaking free that happened in me. Now it was wasn't like some huge bondage, but sometimes. The little links in the chain weight it down. Maybe you don't have like this huge like blah, thing that you're dealing with right now. But maybe there's a lot of little links in your chain that are holding you back. And this is something that I needed to just break free from in my own mind. And as we were worshiping, you know, I cry all the time. Like someone could get up and sing one bar of any worship song on Sunday morning and I'm crying. I actually started taking tissues with me because after 41 years, I finally understood that I always cry when worship starts. It doesn't, There's something that it just tenderizes your heart. And I'm thinking of the power of worship today, and the power that it has. And I want I want to apply this to um, a story that is um, that is really powerful. Let me read the text to you. And I'm speaking to you today, where you have you don't have some big chain that's weighing you back uh, down, but you have a little link. In your chain that is weighing you down. Maybe you don't have one large issue. Maybe you have ten small issues that weigh you down just the same as one large one. I'm talking to you today. Maybe you're just annoyed that you have to take your kids wherever. Maybe you just have a little bit of anxiety about something. Maybe you just um, feel like you're exhausted and you just want a nap really, really bad. But you can't take a nap because you just can't do it because the li- your your life will fall apart. I want to speak to you today. Here we go. I'm going to talk from Acts 16, 14. A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God. I love that Lydia is called a worshiper of God, was listening. Okay, She's listening to a conversation. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. Okay, We're in Acts, Paul's. This is, this is, Paul is Acts basically. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Okay. It happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl, having a spirit of divination met us who was bringing her master's much profit by fortune telling. This is such a fascinating story. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, the slave girl kept crying out, these men are bond servants of the Most High. Now she had a spirit in her and that tells me one thing, evil spirits recognize the authority of Christ in you. She recognized it so much that she actually was calling out these men are bondservants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. Isn't that interesting? Oh, I could preach on that, but I'm not going to. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed. And let me just tell you how refreshing this verse is in the Bible. Paul was greatly annoyed. I love that the apostle Paul got annoyed. It humanizes him and, you know, makes me not feel so bad whenever I get annoyed. Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment, at the very moment it came out. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. Her masters were profiting off of the spirit that was in her. There are people that profit off of the evil that may be in you, that may be in them. I could preach on that. Autumn, go on. When they had been brought to the chief magistrates, verse 20, Acts 16, 20, they said to them, these men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews, and are proclaiming customs, which is not lawful for us to accept or to observe being Romans. And this is what they did to them. The crowd rose up together against them and the chief magistrates tore their robes off of Paul and Silas and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. Hang with me, we're getting there. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received a command... Threw them into the inner prison. Now, let me tell you about these prisons. There was an outer prison where, like you know, the common criminal was, and then there was an inner prison to every prison. And this is the high. This would be the high security. Okay, this is where like these people, like you know, they didn't get visitors. They didn't come out. They probably you know didn't get much food or whatever. It was actually in my study a place of torture. That's exactly what was happening in this inner prison. And this is where the jailer threw these guys, Paul and Silas, because they delivered someone from evil and it stopped profiting her master. So here they are in the inner prison. They had their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. And what were they doing? Singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, don't harm yourself, for we're all here. And he called for the light and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And he said this, after he brought them out, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I want to make a very simple, clear point. I know that's a lot of text, but you know, um, it's a lot of text that says a lot, but I'm going to try to simplify it for you. Um, Here, Paul and Silas were doing good. They were doing good things. And because they were doing good things, they were attacked by the leaders of that day and they were thrown into the inner prison, which was really kind of crazy. And what they didn't do was complain and, and sulk and, you know, denounce the Lord. They started praying and they started singing. I think one of the things that the enemy wants to do when we find ourselves in stocks, in our very own inner prison, he wants to keep us bound there. I think it's so interesting that this is the inner prison that they were in because there's so many people walking around that that they maybe they don't have a big secret sin that they're dealing with, but they have 10 little things. That they could break free from if they just simply gave them to the Lord and worshipped. And this uh, is just so heavy on my heart because of what happened a couple weeks ago in worship. They're in this inner prison. Paul and Silas start praying. They start worshipping. And all of a sudden it says this. And suddenly there came a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison house were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were unfastened. There is something that happens. It's supernatural. People want me to explain this stuff all the time. I'm like, I do not know. It is supernatural. There is no explanation for it other than God and God himself. There is something that happens supernaturally. When we worship, that is one wars in the scripture, that will win any war in the inner prison that you have created in your own soul. When we worship, it is a surrender that the Lord acknowledges and something about it sets us free. Not only that, in this story, everyone's chains were unfastened by the worship, by the praying, by the worship that Paul and Silas did. The jailer eventually went home and told all of his, all of his family got saved, as well as him, himself, because they saw the power of God that was present during that worship. I want you to think of what loosening up these tiny little links in your chain might do for those around you. I don't think sometimes we know how in bondage we are just by the little things. The little things that we need to be set free from, you know, the little gossip here, the little bad attitude there, the little whatever. We don't understand that those little things set free will not just free ourselves, but will actually minister to everyone around us. I think this is one of the ploys of the enemy to keep us bound by little things because you look at other people and you think, well, I'm not doing that. I'm way better than they are. I didn't do that. I'm not, you know, cheating on my wife. I'm not, you know, cheating on my husband. I'm not doing all those things. I'm pretty good. When really you have a hundred little things. That are just as weighty as that one big thing. I encourage you just today, just with this thought, because it's just so powerful. If you have something that's nagging at you, you just haven't told anyone, maybe because you think it's kind of insignificant. Or maybe you just don't have the time. Or maybe you just don't think anyone will care. Or maybe you just think you can handle it. If it's been nagging at you, I encourage you in your inner prison of yourself. I encourage you to get in worship, just like Paul and Silas did. To hold that thing under the authority of the presence of God. And I I challenge you to get set free from the little things. That you don't think are a big deal, but I'll add it up, they are. Because your influence, though you might not even know it, you are influencing people one way or the other. And when all those chains fell off, everyone got free because of their original songs of worship. So today, that's kind of my thought. We're going to go into a new series, but I wanted to keep it super, super light. But I also think that this is something that we overlook, the power of surrendering the little things to the Lord and seeing the, the effect that they will have on those around us when we do Um, just a little thought for you today. I know it's super short. You guys are usually we're used to 50 minutes, but I'm going to come back after the break with a awesome question that I hope you'll stay for. love you guys. I'll
0: see you after the break. We'll be back with more from autumn right after this. Does it seem like
2: God is answering everyone's prayers, but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold.
0: Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now, back to the Autumn Miles show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, here we are back.
1: I know that was short and sweet, but you know what? That's what I was feeling today. That's what I was feeling. I feel like the Lord, uh, not the Lord, the enemy is keeping some of us from worshiping and truly surrendering the little things. And I feel like someone needs to lay something down today. You know, speaking of that, I have an awesome question uh, from a listener. This is the question and I loved it. And I wanted to just spend a little extra time on it just because I feel like a lot of people have this question. I don't have a name today, but it says this. What if a person wronged you and never asked for forgiveness, yet you forgave them anyway? What do you do when you have forgiven someone that never even asked for or wanted it? It just doesn't feel right. I would just say to this person out there listening, it doesn't feel right. Right. <laughs> Let me just acknowledge that you're human. It is weird. You, our bodies, our our minds, we want closure from whoever it is that wronged us. We want closure. In a perfect world, that person would come to you and say, I am so sorry for what I did to you. In a perfect world, they would be very, very um, apologetic and super sincere And we would get the closure that our humanity needs in order to move on. But I will tell you, that is just not how it works. And let me just applaud you first when you say, I forgave them and they didn't even ask. Let me applaud that first in you because that's a really, really hard thing to do. But let me also remind you, the Bible tells us Jesus himself said, how many, how many times do you forgive? Jesus was 70 times seven, which means forever. There is a supernatural closure that you can get from the spirit of God that will be much more healing than any apology that you could ever get. Here on earth. And I say that in authority because I myself have had to do this a lot of times. I have made a decision. I made a decision um, years ago that I was going to move through my life with forgiveness. We had a situation happen to us a couple of years ago that these people never ask for forgiveness. They probably never will ask for forgiveness. And you know what? I don't need it because I have determined in my mind, I have forgiven them. And then when I was not, uh, my, my forgiveness was not sought by then, I then turned to the Lord and said this, they're never going to come apologize, even though they know what they did. They're never going to come apologize. But Lord." Bring my spirit the closure it needs. And when I started praying that way, they are never going to, because even if they did apologize, I would still be hurt by it. Do you know what I mean? Like, hurt just doesn't go away, it fades. But when an offense has been offered, the offense is done. Hurt is a consequence of the offense. But when I started praying this, I know they're never going to come to ask. But I need closure in my spirit. And that's what I feel like you're seeking today. There is a God who created your soul. He created your mind. He created your body. And he has a way of bringing closure to your heart that even they themselves can't. So my advice to you today is stop wanting from humans what only the Spirit of God can give you. He can give you closure like no human can. And, you know, my closure, I'll just say this because we've had to, you know, because in life you're going to have to do this. You've got to move through your life. You cannot get stuck with what somebody said. Someone walked out. Someone did this. Someone betrayed you. Someone this. Someone, you know. Sent you a voice text and it should have been a thumb text. You know, you're kind of, you kind of just move through your life, right? When you move through your life with forgiveness, typically the Lord will come in and he will give you a perspective that you never would have had, such as what was going on in that person's life when they hurt you, or there was a reason. For that wound that he was going to use later. In my life personally, when we have been wounded deeply, God has shown me either the why or the what that person was dealing with. He's given me sympathy, empathy for that person, or he's shown me that that wound was for a greater good. That is closure that you actually want. You actually want those things, and those are things that that person could never offer you. So I spent a little bit more time on this question, but I think a lot of people have this question. Yes, you need to forgive, even though people don't ask. And I hope people forgive me when I don't know that I've wronged them. I hope that other people offer me the same grace that I, I am giving other people and I'm just trusting, <laughs> I'm just trusting the Lord that they will. But I think this is a really good question. Thank you for asking it. We're actually going to do a week of questions next week. If you want to ask a question, you can email us at hello at or DM any of my socials. We'll pick up the question and I'll answer it for you next week. So Thank you guys so much for listening. Let me pray us out, Lord. I love you today. And God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for worship. I thank you for, I thank you, Lord, for the manifestation of your presence that does more for us than anything ever. I thank you that you have given us the Spirit of God, Lord, to help us, to comfort us, to speak to us. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are so good, God, that you give us freedom for the little places. I thank you that you give us the courage and the strength to forgive even when people don't ask. I thank you, Lord, that your grace is so thick. Your grace is so strong. Your grace is so mighty, God, and it covers us in all of our situations, Lord. We love you. I pray that you would continue to bless This podcast, bless your word, bless every single person that is going to hear this podcast in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I love you guys. I will see you next week. Have an awesome week.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.